Make today the day you begin to finish strong. Welcome to the Finishing Strong Podcast. Join Pastor Mike Hendon for an insightful discussion on how to begin from wherever you are to the goal of finishing strong in life, in relationships, and in faith. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode six. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing, reviewing, getting the word out. Appreciate it so much. Last week, we talked about the crisis of failure, and I want to talk a little bit more about that. In my research this week, I found some very interesting things where um, there's a whole neuroscience now being developed in the realm of uh, failure and the crisis of failure. There's colleges that are offering curriculum on how to fail upward. Uh, There was a rash of suicides on one Ivy League school and they decided that part of the driving force behind it was that students lacked the coping skills to cope with the struggles of failure. Think about it. You have to be almost perfect in your scholastic achievements to even get into one of these schools. You've probably never got anything but A's. And one college, Smith College, a a women's college that's very prestigious, realized that their students lacked the ability to cope with an A minus because they had, they had to be near perfect to get into the school. And then when you get into the co- competition of, of students on that level, you know, you're faced many times with your first taste of failure, uh, a paper that didn't get a grade that you expected, and you're being challenged to do work that's above and beyond the rest of the class, and the rest of the class are all uh, highly intelligent and very competitive people as well. And so, for example, at Smith College, uh, one of the uh, professors made a comment, and I I wanted to read it to you. Uh, She said this, and I quote, what we're trying to teach is that failure is not a bug of learning. It's the feature said Rachel Simons, a leadership development specialist in Smith's Wirtel Center for Work and Life. And she's kind of the unofficial failures are on campus. I go on to quote, it's not something that should be locked out of the learning experience. For many of our students, those who have had to be almost perfect to get accepted into a school like Smith, failure can be an unfamiliar experience. So when it happens, it can be crippling. So now if you think about that, failure can be crippling. Well, certainly failure is enough to to put some people in a spiral that uh, ends in in their careers being destroyed and them personally being uh, just completely wrecked by their taste of failure. And what I was trying to get to last week is that we need to we need to develop a, a mindset that it's okay to fail. Uh, as John Maxwell's quote said, you know, fail early. 
<laughs> fail often, but fail forward. And I think it's it's interesting that some of these schools now have failure, you know, in the curriculum because it's a part of dealing with life. You have to be prepared to to experience setbacks. You have to be ready to to fail as it were. Because here's what happens if you're not prepared to fail once this comes again, it's your self-talk that is going to destroy you. You know, the converse, the most important conversation that you're ever going to have in your life is going to be with yourself because it's what you say. It's what you think. It's what you perceive a situation to be that's going to set the pace and set the tone and set the barometer for your life, so to speak. And so you have to, you have to learn to deal with failure and setback because it's very much a part of life. There is no life that does not experience it. It's one reason I love the Bible. Now, I try to design these podcasts to not be preachy. And you notice I don't, you know, give lots of scripture and verse, but I am a pastor and I believe in scripture and verse, but but I'm not here to be preachy. We're, we're here to have a, a conversation and here to talk. But, I, but one thing I love about the Bible is it's very honest and very raw when it comes to men's failures. You know, almost every other literature kind of hides failures. And, you know, when you write your biographies, you know, we, we always, you know, we might get around the subject, but many times we're not real honest with this area. But the Bible is brutally honest with men's failures. It's it was the greatest men in the Bible, the Moseses who who helped lead three million people out of Egypt into the promised land. And Moses is exposed with all of his weaknesses and his failure when they were going along there. He got angry and was told to speak to the rock. Instead, he struck it and it just showed his his weakness. And, and it's very honest about his shortcomings there. And the king, David, who was a, the arguably the greatest king Israel ever had. They came into their prominence under King David's leadership. But then it shows David's failings as a man, as a husband, as a as a son of God, it's, it's very brutally honest about his adultery with Bathsheba and, and then his plotting to have her husband put out in the front lines and killed. And I mean, the Bible's brutally honest. There's, there's not a character in the Bible that, that it, it isn't very apparent that their lives were riddled with failure. And I think the message is that God can use failures. In fact, God does use failures, and and that's obvious. And so, there's a story in the in the Bible. If I could, I, I'd like to share it with you, because I think it really illustrates this point of self-talk. And and again, uh, I'm not trying to be preachy here. I'm just trying to show you that how the Bible's really honest about people and their failures. And this is a story Jesus told about a young man who was living with his father in a very prosperous 
family and his the young son comes to his father and and says I want my inheritance and I want to go experience the world and and so the father gave him his desire and got his inheritance and gave it to him and pretty soon the son packs up and goes out to experience the world in a passage in verse 14 of Luke 15 it says with everything being spent and nothing left he grew hungry for there was a severe famine in the land so we see like some circumstances that are extenuating beyond his bad decision to, to leave his father's house and to take his inheritance and go wasted on partying and living loose and and living a life of debauchery. And but then all of a sudden the circumstances were that the the world was in the middle of a of a famine at the time and he was broke because he had went through his entire inheritance. And it says with nothing left he grew hungry. So now his basic needs were were not even being met because he had made some bad decisions. And and the result of his bad decisions uh, with the mixture of external circumstances of a famine and all of a sudden he, he he goes like in a short amount of time from living large to now he's he's living the life of a beggar and, he, and it says in verse 15 he begged a farmer in that country to hire him so he he's begging for a job he's begging for a way to get some money just so he can feed himself and so the farmer hired him and sent him out to feed pigs. So I get it. Here's this Jewish young man, and he's going out to feed pigs, which are unclean animals to Jews. And so it was kind of adding insult to injury. But the son, it says, was so famished, he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs. You know, when your life is in a tailspin, you'll do a lot of things. <laughs> you'll do anything to, to survive. You'll, you'll get into a mode where you'll find yourself making more bad decisions on top of more bad decisions. And you say, well, I mean, what, what else would he do? Well, you know, he's going to he's going to make a good decision here, but he's going to experience the pain and the consequence of his bad decisions before he gets to the right decision. You know, somebody asked uh, Mark Twain once, you know, so what's the most important thing in life? He said, wisdom. And he said, well, how do you get wisdom? And he said, from making good decisions. And he says, well, so how do you learn to make good decisions? And he said, from making bad decisions. And, and, and so this is the, the son's experience. He's, he's made, he made a bad decision to leave his father's house. To, he made a bad decision to run through his entire uh, wealth and in in, in just to have a party and to have a good time. He made a bad decision to hire in with a farmer who put him with pigs, and he was so famished he was willing to, even to eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. 
See, there was no one was reaching out to him. No one was there. He was he was handing out drinks for everybody. And then when he needed help, everybody was nowhere to be found. There's a lesson to be learned there too. But but this is part of this is part again of the consequences of bad decisions. And then it says, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing from all of his bad decisions and the consequences from them, from all of the failing, he realized the decisions and the kickback. And then he thought, now here's where this thinking and this self-talk comes in. He says, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house. And I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. Now, that was the realization that he had come to. And it was a good realization. I need to go back home. I need to go back to where I started. He goes back with a completely different attitude, a completely different mindset than when he had left. You see, when he had left, he went to his father and he said these two little words, give me, you know, and, and he, it was basically saying, give me what's due me. And, and that attitude is, uh, you know, it's kind of what's prevailed and pervasive in our culture today in a, in a society that feels like the world owes them something. That, that give me ideas is, is a sure recipe for failure. Give me. You know, the, this is the mentality that, that, that many people have. Give me what's due me. The, the, you owe me this. But when he came back around, he went back home to his father. His two words to his father now were, make me as one of your servants. So it went from give me to make me. Give me an opportunity. Would you just make me like one of your servants? He was humiliated. Humility is a good thing. You know, humility is something that uh, is very important in life. And humility, of course, is, is important because humility will bring you riches and honor. Humility will bring you grace and, and, and bring you just the favor of God. And so it says, humiliated the fun, the son finally realized he, what he was doing and he thought, there's many workers at my father's house who have all the food and plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees employees. And so that was his mindset. You see, that was a complete shift. That was a complete shift from the entitlement mentality that he left with to the humble attitude he came back home with and said, just make me like one of your employees. And so it says the young man set off for home, but from a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. You see, his mindset has shifted. 
His self-talk was was now based out of a humility. He turns back toward the father and you see the heart of the father runs to him. He runs to him and raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, kissed him over and over with tender love. And then the son said, see, he had this speech all prepared. Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And the father interrupted and said, son, you're home now. And turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can for find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. And see, that's a a man who has had a change of heart, change of disposition. He's dealt with his failure. He came and acknowledged it. I failed. I I, I messed up. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Make me like one of your servants. But the father said, nonsense. You're my son. Bring the robe. Bring the ring. Bring the shoes. Each one of these three things represents something. But you see, I don't share this story today. I I don't do this podcast to get all preachy. I, I do... I have another podcast from my church where I, I do all the preaching. Here, this podcast is to have a have a dialogue to discuss with you, a conversation with you about failure, and and I think this is one of the great examples of a man who had failed, but owned his failure, got back up again, came back to his his beginnings, and in that in that new beginning he finds the father picking him up brushing him off and setting him back in a place of restoration i think this is one of the greatest stories of comeback ever in the in the bible and you know who doesn't love a good comeback all of our movies practically are, 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 are stories of comebacks. You know, love that w- was born and then lost and then brought back again. Uh, nations who were, who w- were born and then faced uh, trouble and then fought to retain their, their identity uh, as a nation. Uh, ball teams and sports stories of great people who hit on hard times and then came back again. I have a book called God's Generals. It talks about many preachers, preachers who came out of nowhere with the hand of God on them and God used them. And and then how God brought them back again. And some didn't come back. I mean, here's the thing. Once you fail, the decision's yours. The decision is yours to either stay down and lick your wounds, make excuses, 
point the finger at why this happened and how, how this happened and who didn't help you and who hurt you, or it's to look at your situation and realize there's are lessons to be learned here. I have fallen. I have made some mistakes. I made some bad decisions. I'm going to own those decisions. I'm going to get back up and I'm going to head back toward home and I'm going to finish strong. And there are many, many comeback stories that, that we could share. But all of the stories I've ever read, the story of the prodigal son is one of the best comeback stories I have ever read in my life. And can I just tell you on a personal note, I have been that prodigal son. I went on a prodigal journey after being years in God's employee in the ministry and I made some bad decisions. I made some bad choices and I laid down my ministry. I walked away from my ministry and I thought I would never minister again. I thought I would never pastor again. I thought I would never stand in a place where God could ever use me again. But just like the father who ran toward his son and loved on him and loved him back to life, my father in heaven ran to me and he loved me back to life and he brought to me a, a, a resurgence, a reset, a rebirth. When that happened, I made this one determination that no matter what life would throw my way, no matter what circumstances might come, I had one thing that I was going to do. I was going to finish strong. God bless you. Thank you for listening today to Finishing Strong. Please help us by sharing with your friends. Until next time, remember, it's not how you started that matters. It's how you finish. Finish strong.